Tabernate Talks, episode four. Welcome back. Thank you for coming for another week and checking us out. We have a, a great realtor on hands here, one that is newer in the market, and I'm really happy to see uh, that she accepted on coming on the show. Uh, Stephanie Arroyo, uh, she's with Springer Realty. Uh, I've known her for a few years now. I actually knew her, I think, when she first got into the market. Yes. Um, yep. So it's been a few years, so it's good to see that she's still plugging away and doing her thing. Um, I know it's not an easy market, so she's really going to give us some insights on what's going on, what she's seen. I think, you know, I've, I've had some uh, leaders uh, in the market over the last few weeks, uh, as you know, uh, Jim Roach, Chris Summers. But I think we really got a frontline person here who's seen it day to day on the Philly market. And, and I think they're really going to she's really going to give you an insight on, on what's happening. So thank you for coming on. No problem. So give me some insight on uh, your background. When you started, who you're so I started in December 2019, right before COVID. I believe it started around that time, yep. right, right yep. after. Yeah. My first year, I focused on training. I started with Keller Williams Philly. Um, amazing training. Um, I definitely recommend new agents after you pass your exam. Definitely come to KW Philly. Mm-hmm. They have amazing training. So my first year, I focused on training. I really didn't close. A lot of deals. I believe I closed two, three deals my first year. Okay. And that was 2020, which 2020. would have been the year of the pandemic. Yep. Right. Okay. And my main focus that year was getting educated and preparing a lot of my clients and learning. So I believe I drove a lot of the lenders cr- um, crazy asking right. them questions. That's like all right. You. It's okay. <laughs> we can handle that. We're used to it. Um, and she was on a very good team. Yes. Right. So yes. her mentor, which I'll let you say. My mentor was Min. Right. Win with men. Win with men, right? Um, she was a minion. <laughs> we were one of his angels. We had a couple. It was Carol, me, Anastasia came along okay. later on. Um, it was about five of us, yeah. And he was a great mentor. I did like that Keller Williams Philly did the mentor program. Mm-hmm. I was more shy when I came into doing real estate. Like, I knew I wanted to do real estate. And I wanted to help uh, my community. I wanted to be able to help everyone. Before I became an agent, I purchased a home myself and I See, realized, yeah, and right. I realized how hard the process was. Right, sure. And how uncomfortable it makes you feel to have to ask someone for help. Sure. So I wanted to be that person that people felt comfortable with coming to me and ask, ask for help. And I feel like a lot of my clients, we do get, we do create a good bond. And afterwards, you even become, you, you, you become friends with your clients. You spend so much time with them and you're there helping them. Um, I've gone through a, a lot of emotions with my clients. I'm sure, <laughs> as we all do. Right. So you have happy moments, sad moments. Sometimes I have to take a break in between the process. Okay. And you, you're more than a real estate agent when you're working with your clients. You're a therapist. You're an emotional support person. You're guiding them. You're a counselor, a therapist, and just a lot more. And I, and I think it's good to uh, go through the process of actually buying a home before you become a realtor. If you can have that, yeah. then you'll give you background of what you're going to be going through. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, you do have a background and then you go through the process and you want to make the process better for someone else. So, so you know where there were some downfalls during your during your process. Yeah. So it helps you become a better agent for other people as well. Okay. All right. Good. So you started in KW Philly. Yep. Right. 
you were here for maybe what two three years or um... no um i did about a year and a half okay year and a half once covid hit and i felt like i was very confident i felt like i got all the education i needed i was doing everything on my own I, and she was closing a lot of business. Yes. <laughs> so, which helped. I was closing deals. And she was closing deals. I wanted to go to a company that offered 100% commission. Okay. So that's why Good. I went to Springer Realty Group. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's hey, the listen, reality. <laughs> that's the truth. That's what we want. If I'm doing all the work, I feel like, well, I deserve my check. Okay, fine. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, really what it's about, right? Yeah. Getting paid for what you do. Exactly. Especially if we do this full time. You know, we're in the trenches all day, every day, right? On the weekends, at nighttime, I know about it. Uh, you got to be, you got to be uh, getting paid if you're going to do that. It's right? a 24 so. hour job. Right, right. So um, now we know you're bilingual. Yes. Huge. Because I get a lot of calls from clients that say, you know, uh, Alex, I'm going to refer you to someone, but you got to speak Spanish. Yeah. Right. And then I put the call on mute and I say, I got a problem. Because <laughs> I don't speak Spanish, right? And but I don't want to lose the deal, yeah. right? We as loan officers, we want to do everything, right? Yeah. So, but that is uh, crossing the line because if we can't speak the language, so we ask for a translator sometimes, right? Like, can somebody translate for us or whatever it may be? But I know bilingual is huge. It is. I have a number of loan officers that do a lot of business uh, that are bilingual. Uh, loan that, that you know that, that's their whole market. So tell me, is it a, how big of it is your business is bilingual? And then if you didn't have uh, bilingual in your background, what do you think you would do as far as numbers? Would it be a lot less? Um, yeah, I believe it would be a lot less. Um, so I co-host uh, first-time home buyer classes with G-Pass. And a lot of the majority, G-Pass is on 5th and, 5th and Rockland between yeah. Ruscombe. I know what you're saying. Yeah. So there is a a huge, like a larger amount of population that are Hispanic and a lot of people go there, they only speak Spanish. Yeah. So when I co-host, a lot of those clients that just speak Spanish tend to stick to me because they feel more comfortable <clears throat> speaking to someone that they know that's going to understand sure. them. Right. So even if five agents go that day to speak, they end up wanting to speak to me or use me as their agent. Sure. Because they're more comfortable. Yeah, because they're comfortable. Which is understandable. So... Speaking Spanish, being bilingual is a huge advantage. Okay. Um, and a lot of times I have lenders that call me and they'll ask me to translate for them. Or I'll have other agents like, hey, look, I have a client, but she speaks Spanish. Would you want to take her? So then it it also helps me because I'll get referrals. Okay. Okay. And then From even, other agents, she'll get referrals, which yeah, is which is I'll great. get referrals from other agents. Yeah. And it also helps with Congresso. Um, I worked with a couple of the housing counselors in Congresso. And they have clients also that they can send over to me that speak Spanish. Cool. So call me like, hey, I have a client that only speaks Spanish. So, right. so you're it, getting it referrals helps, too. It helps the bulk of my my clients. Of the business. Yeah, of the business. And the loan officers that you deal with that are bilingual, are they to your speed, most of them? Or are they like what do you what's your feedback uh, with getting a loan officer that's bilingual? Uh, are they, you know, are they um, as good as a regular loan? I mean, like, is it, is there a difference or, or you No, me? they are. Um, okay. My bilingual loan officers are just as good as any of the good. loan officers. And the clients definitely feel comfortable with the loan officers that speak Spanish. Right. So I've had loan officers that have told me they have translators. Right. But then the clients don't feel as comfortable. Right. We get as, hung up on. Yeah. Right. Working with the... <laughs> 
working with the We lose that deal quickly. That's basically what happens. <laughs> yeah, they'll call me back like, um, do you have an old yeah, yeah, that sure. speaks Spanish? Right, yeah. <laughs> have a nice day, Alex. Uh, thanks for playing. All right, come on. But I understand. And that's probably a lot easier for them anyway. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. You, um, where are you doing business right now? In the city? You're doing business outside of the city. Where, um, where's 95% of your business right now? It's been, actually, it's been mixed. Um, I would say a lot of it is in Philadelphia. And then I've having, I've had a bulk in Delaware County. Okay. And you do have people. Delaware County's big. Yeah. You do have people who want to go to areas that are being gentrified, like Fishtown. Okay. But it's- how are you? How are you still getting the? Okay, so I talk to a lot of realtors, right? Um, especially in the city, and uh, they're having a tough time, right? Uh, they're they're telling me that listings are sitting, uh, people aren't buying in the city because of what's going on. You know, whether it be you know the interest rates, crime, uh, you know the the mayor, whoever they're blaming yeah. for for all the problems here. How are you still getting people to buy in the city and being successful in doing that in one of the hardest markets that we're seeing? Um, well, a lot of people were raised in the city and they just want to stay in the city, but they want to own a home. Okay. So they might live in that area and they want to purchase a home. Like some clients want to stay in Junietta. That's where they grew up and they want to purchase a home in Junietta. They just want to become homeowners. Um, so they're already here, basically. Yeah. A lot of them are already in that area and they want to stay in that area. Or some of them are more in North Philly area okay. and they want to move towards Torrizel, Junietta, or more Northeast. Try to move out. Yeah, try right. to move out. Okay, okay. So a lot of the clients are already living somewhere in close the in the city. Okay, yeah. so you're capitalizing on that by saying, hey, let's stay in the city. Yeah. And I'll just try to get you somewhere that's close to the neighborhood. And then I have clients that don't want to be in the city anymore. Right. And we know about that too. Yeah. <laughs> Some clients just. <laughs> Where they want to go? They want to go to Delaware County. They want to go to Delaware County. Yeah. They want to go to Jersey. Yeah. Um, or they want to go to Bucks County. Bucks County. Up Langhorn, out Chamonix. there. Yeah. You driving all the way out there? I you? do. Yeah. I mean, I've gone as far as Harrisburg. I've gone to Harrisburg. I've gone to Reading to show clients' houses. Wow. So my bulk. I hope my, they bought a house. Um, the one in ready. We put an offer. <laughs> the one she in had ready. to think about it. <laughs> like, That's no. not good. <laughs> <laughs> we put an offer in uh, the right. one in Harrisburg. We put okay. an offer in the one in Reading, but good. it didn't get accepted. <laughs> all right. Well, that's fine. Yeah. As long as you still have them as clients. But it's, yeah. Right. Eventually we did, we did close on a property. Um, and it's a good experience. You know, it is. You see a lot of realtors clients. and I'm not going to put down realtors. I'm going to put down loan officers too, which you guys will probably hate me after hearing this, but you guys get caught in a cell block. Right, you get caught in a in a little neighborhood that you just want to do business in that neighborhood, right? You can't do that. Yeah, like a lot of loan officers always ask me, "How do you get? How are you so busy still when the market is well? I, I just don't do South Philly. Yeah. Right, I do South Philly. I'll go to Center City. I'll go to Delaware County. I'll go, I'm licensed in New Jersey. I'll do deals over in Delaware. I try to diversify. Yeah, right? I, I mean, I have agents that ask me the same thing. How do you stay busy? How do you still close two or three deals a month? From, and I'm like, well, I work with any clients. Right. <laughs> and you don't pick and choose. You just, a lot of times it's the realtors that tell me, well, I don't work in Philadelphia. I only work in In a certain Langford neighborhood. Or, right. yeah, and a I think that's area. a problem if you're trying to expand your business. And again, I'm not putting you down if that's what you're comfortable with doing, if you just want to stay in one neighborhood. But then don't ask, 
why you're not busy because there's a lot of business being done everywhere. It's not just one area, yeah. right? So you got to expand. I know you don't want to drive an extra five or 10 miles, but you got to do it. You know, in order to survive in this business, you can't just say, I'm going to stay in my own neighborhood. You're going to die. Yeah. I mean, as you know. So, so anyway, all right, let's keep going. Uh, you, um, so you're, you're rocking and rolling in the city right now. What do you see the biggest problems that are uh, people avoiding coming into the city or why do they want to leave? What are your reasons? Like, what's your biggest gripes you're hearing? I'm sure, you know, I've already named a few, but. Yeah. Um, people's biggest concern is the increase in the crime rate. Yeah. Increase in crime rate um, is definitely one of the reasons why people want to leave the city. Um, How do we fix that from uh, your point of view? Increase, fix the crime rate? Yeah. I, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I ask that every week and yeah, I get the same look too. They're like, they're like, dude, I'm not a cop here. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not a mayor either. But yeah, is, it, is it new? Uh, should we get all new mayor and all new people to fix it? Or is that the problem? Or is it we don't have enough police? Or Maybe we need to enforce more rules. Yeah. Like um, a lot of times it's teenagers after midnight or certain yeah. times that they even, they shouldn't even be out. So I mean, I know a lot of people might not like this, but maybe they need curfews and they need to there enforce these curfews on these kids. Um, these kids are going to talk to their parents now and say, don't buy a house from Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke. No, that's, 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 but it might be true. They need to be in earlier. Yeah, because sure. the increase in crime rate, if you look at it, it's a lot of young kids that are committing the crimes. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That's the only thing I could think of. Okay. And when they leave the city, they're going to like Delaware County, like you said, Bucks County, Montgomery County. Are they affording going there? Like, cause it's not cheap. It's not, it's not cheap. Um, a lot of times clients that are more lower income get houses that, um, that need remodeling. Sure. So little by little, you know, so they have enough to purchase the home and little by little they start they fix making the repairs that they need to make. Okay. Okay. Cool. I see it. So I, I ask this every week because I really like to get an idea of what, um, from the perspective of a realtor, because you you guys deal with the front line, right? Yeah. I'm the guy that, that waits and sees what you bring us, right? And you guys are the guys who are out really hunting. And then we're relying on you more to try to bring us the buyers because the front line, no matter what a loan officer says or does, the front line comes from the realtors. Okay, guys? You might say, I don't like realtors and all that. I don't want to work with them, but you got to work with them. All right. I've learned that in 25 years in doing this, you guys are the, the the front line, right? So, so we know you see these people come in first before anyone. Yeah. Um, so where, where are they going? What's the top three neighborhoods in your mind that you think that are the hottest right now that, that are uh, attractive, safe, um, that are, you know, or places that you think that they want to go to? Um, the top three. I mean, a lot of clients, when they want to move out the neighborhood they're in, they'll just say Northeast. Okay. I have clients that want to go to Northeast. And then I have clients that want to go towards Fishtown. Okay. Because they want to be able to walk to walk What do you to think about the What do you think about the value of Fishtown right now? Is it worth going to Fishtown? You know, from your... 
Um, there. I mean, there's been a lot of change in Fishtown. I would say it's definitely worth going to Fishtown. Okay. I mean, not. A, I wouldn't send. I wouldn't recommend it for an older couple or older family. Right. I the young, younger, younger generation. The younger generation. Yeah, definitely Fishtown. Okay. Is a good place to move. Okay. Anywhere else? Fishtown, Northeast. Those have, I think those have Anywhere been. in the Northeast? How about, um, I'm hearing a lot of um, Fairmont. Fairmont. Um, I'm hearing a lot of uh, Northern Liberties. Uh, I do get some Northern Liberties. Not really Fairmont. Okay. Maybe it's maybe it's my clientele. That's fine. That right. Um, right. haven't really asked. But my clientele, mostly it's, they want to go to Northeast. To the Northeast. Yeah. And uh, Delaware County. Okay. So those are my three spots, Delaware County, clients that want to go to Fishtown and the Northeast. Uh, FHA loans, conventional deals. What are you seeing as far as a realtor closing these deals? Because I know you're doing a high volume. You're doing a lot of conventional. A, a lot of conventional. Um, in the beginning, I've seen a lot of FHA. Okay. Lately, I've been seeing more conventionals. Good. A lot of my loans have been conventionals. Okay. Which, I mean, I prefer... I. I tell clients try to get a conventional loan. It's a stronger offer when you're sure. going to offer in a property. Right. right. Versus you know, and a lot FHA. of people ask us that, you know, like, why should I do a conventional loan over an FHA loan? Like FHA loan should be just as good. Yeah. Right. It depends on the property. It depends on if there's multiple bids on the house. Right. Um, you know, we see people lining up. You're still seeing bidding wars or what are you seeing? I mean, you, you know mm, this more than me. Not lately. No. I want to say the bidding wars slowed down after July. Okay. Yeah. So none, none of that. No, my last, my last sales, we didn't have bidding wars. No. Wow. Um, and so actually, you came in and won right away. Yeah. That's beautiful. And sellers have been more open to giving my clients sellers assist. Sellers assist as well, which helps um, because interest rates are going up so high that a lot of times my clients get pre-approved and. If they don't get to seller assist, it's no deal. It's no deal. They won't be able to close. Right. And I think in Philly, it's easier maybe to get a seller's assist than it if is. you're going outside of the city. Correct? Yeah. So I did have a client that we went outside the city and we went to Quaker Town and a lot, there were bidding wars in Quaker Town. Right. I, and I, I think, think as you get outside of the city, the because bidding there's wars not a lot of inventory either. Right. It's in the city that yeah. has the inventory. The city has more inventory than out of the city. So when, <clears throat> sorry, whenever people are putting offers, they're getting a bidding war. I see a lot of seller concessions, guys. What's a seller concession, right? You're asking for the seller to pay for your closing costs. It's a certain percentage of the price of the home, right? So, you know, if it's 200000 and you ask them for a 6% seller concession, you're getting $12,000 for its closing costs. That's huge. I mean, that could make or break the deal is what Stephanie's saying, where they only have to come to the closing with the down payment and the closing costs are all covered by the concession, okay? Uh, if you can get it, it's a home run. It's not easy to get. No, it's okay. If you can get it, it's not easy to get, but it, but it's it's a nice thing to get it if you can. So, um, you know, so you need, a, you need an experienced realtor who knows what they're talking about, who knows, uh, you know, how to handle that situation if they need to negotiate that. I mean, I know realtors in the, during the pandemic used to cringe when you said, well, I need a seller concession, right? Because you knew that you had 72 offers on that house, no matter where it was. Now, if you say seller concession to a realtor, they're listening. They're saying, okay, I, I can try to negotiate it for you. Mm -hmm. 
uh, the secret to longevity in this market. What is it? Um, I'm, I'm an old man, right? So my <coughs> longevity, I don't know how much longer it's going to go, but it keeps going. But as far as a person like this who got in to the market right before what you said, December of 19 gets yeah. in December of 19, you know, it's before the bomb. You know, then we go through the pandemic market. We come out of it now, right? How did you make it through the whole thing and how you keep going with the longevity? So um, <clears throat> there's a couple of things you have to keep doing. I My first thing would say is attend as many events as you can. It doesn't even matter if it's a birthday party or a real estate event or just something with a, a broker's opening. It's giving you the opportunity to meet new people, connect with other workers, clientele. Even if it's not just clients, you can meet another agent. I mean, in my case, because I'm bilingual, if I meet another agent, they have a Spanish-speaking client, they send them over right to Right away me. to you. Right. Yeah. And then you just and have to And they may have say, just met you. Yeah, they, right. uh, but they know, they remember that I'm bilingual and like, oh, I've been right. waiting. Right, it's huge. I've been looking, I have clients that are, that speak Spanish and they need a bilingual real estate agent. Sure. And another thing, just stay on top of your, stay on top of everything. Stay, even clients that weren't able to purchase the property when they first reached out to them, when they first reached out to you continue to reach out to them okay, and um, stay on top of them. Because you might tell them, well, you can't purchase a home right now, but you need to do this, this, and that. Yeah, follow They'll up, They'll start follow up, up, and right. they won't finish. Okay. So if they see that you're constantly on top of them, reminding them, they're they not like going to forget. They're not going to forget that you've been the one helping them get through the process. Okay. They're going to work with you. So you basically have to keep motivating yourself in order to keep motivating your clients to get where they have to get. So yeah. how many hours a week do you think you're working? <laughs> 40 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> she says 40 this, hours. This I call, over. I put a lie detector on her. And, uh, <laughs> 24-7. 24-7 is right. Uh, you know, I mean, you accommodate your client's schedules. Like I have clients that work overnight. So sometimes I, <clears throat> I'm sending them houses at 1 o'clock in the morning. There you go. Or I'm sending them documents to sign. Because I don't want to send them anything during the day because I know they're sleeping. Right. So that's what sets you apart. Yeah. Because <laughs> you do that, right? Yeah, a lot of realtors are, or not only realtors, loan officers, study people, whatever, they're out getting drunk or they're passed out or whatever they're <laughs> they're, I can tell you that they're not sending docs to people at, at uh, 1 o'clock in the morning. No, so. my clients, no. They're like, you don't sleep. Right. Like sometimes, Which is great. You know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, maybe not for not you. Great, but <laughs> not for her, but, but for us. It's great in the end because you know going to the closing table, you're going to be a hero. Yeah. Everyone's happy at the closing table. Yeah. Plus, you get referrals then. Yep. I'm sure from family and whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, I close deals with one family member, and then I get the brother, the mother. Get the whole, the whole I get family. the whole family. Yeah. That's great. You know, uh, Springer Realty, I don't know too much about it. So, are they uh, pretty big or, or what? No. So, they're a smaller brokerage. Um, the broker's Dave Springer. Okay. He was an agent like us. I believe he started with Color Williams as well. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he, I, our office has about 250 agents. That's big. That's good. I mean, compared to wow. KW Philly, I feel like we're a lot smaller. KW Philly has what? Is it, it's every agent under the sun in, yeah. the, in the city with KW or uh, the regular K Keller Williams Philly. Down there's, there. Yeah, right. there's so a couple like, KWs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... Um, so it might be better to be with a smaller brokerage, right? I, um, I like it, personally. I like it. Um, if I have a question... You more of a star. Yeah, uh, we definitely get... Well, what do they do? Top produce... Top... Yeah, top agent I was waiting for month. her to see if she would say this, right? So 
So, you know, I have a marketing guy, Anthony, which we're going to introduce everybody to as we start going week to week here. He just got licensed as a loan officer. Uh, so congratulations, Anthony. He's going to be on my team. Uh, but a young guy, uh, ready to roll, but he's doing all my social media marketing right now. Okay? Yeah. And uh, he obviously, you know, looked you up and she is a top producer every other month here in Springer. Yeah. And they, and they announce it. Yeah, they do you know, on and social you know media, and and I think that's what's big about a smaller brokerage is that you get a, a top producer. And when you get acknowledged as being a top producer, I feel like it makes you more competitive. Like, oh, I want to be top producer next month too. <laughs> right, you want to do it again, and yeah. you know you can do it because there's not that much competition versus what you have in a KW. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. How do you be like? You got to close a certain amount of units, or what? what? So I guess, um, or is it volume, or, or how do they do it? They, I guess they do. Or volume and units. Volume maybe. and units. And units. Yeah, so okay. you're a top producer, depending on the amount that you sold that month and yeah. the number of units you sold that month. Okay. Yeah. The interest rates, right? So I hear it every day, guys. What's the interest rate? How come they're so high? How much have the interest rates affected you and your market, right? So you went through 2% and 3%. Yeah. You were, you were loving it. Yeah. We were all loving it. 2 right? 3%. But that went away. Unfortunately, as we got into 2022 and uh, obviously all of, all of 2023. So, you know, we're grappling with 8% interest rates right now. I've been doing some eight and a half, uh, eight and a quarter. So we're high, um, you know, sevens if you're lucky on a good day, yeah. but a, a lot of eights. So what do you think that's affected your your clients? Is at, You have a lot of people getting cold feet. You have a lot of people backing out of deals. What's going on? So um, I have a lot of clients that, Tell me, well, I want to wait till interest rate goes down. So it's the interest rate being up, I guess it, it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. So right now there's no competition. And one of the biggest reasons is because the interest rate is so high. Sure. And it's scaring a lot of clients. Okay. So I tell my clients, get the house now. There is no competition. You don't have to overoffer and you can get seller's assist. Okay. Versus waiting till interest rate goes down. Then you have a bunch of people putting in offers. You have bidding wars. Right. And then you're not we're likely go right to get to the, the house that, that we you were want. Right. Yeah. So get the house now, then refinance later and get the lower interest right. rate. What is it? Uh, uh, date the rate or date the house, marry, whatever, marry the house, date the rate, something like that. I, think. <laughs> I don't know. You know, all these jargon things that are going on right now, probably everybody's laughing at me for saying that, but it's it's marry the house, date the rate. You know, you're going to refinance, yeah. but you're going to stay in the house forever, basically, is the gist of it. The house is yours. The house is yours, the house right? is yours. You can always get rid of the rate. Exactly. Um, I think a lot of people don't like that even, though. They, you know, they don't they don't like these payments. You know, no one likes a payment that's in the three years or 4000 a month. Obviously, uh, they they want to see these payments under two thousand. Somebody comes to me and says, "I need a payment of fifteen hundred a month." That's tough. It it is tougher. Um, I've had clients who've gotten pre approved, and we have to shop around for twenty thirty thousand dollars less than their pre approval because of the interest rate going yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm a new realtor getting in the market. What do I do? Like, what what are what are your tips for a new realtor that's coming in in this market? Which is, um, it's not what you came into. No, no. Right? It's in a, it's in a whole new world now. You know, it's a new landscape. Um, you know? My biggest thing is um, educate yourself. Okay. Definitely educate yourself before you go out into the market. Okay. Because clients do drill you with a lot of questions. You think? And <laughs> <laughs> right? And yeah. if someone speaks about their experience 
with their agent and then they speak about their experience with you and your new agent, they, I feel like people always compare. Yeah. So if you educate yourself, you have more knowledge and you're able to actually help your client more too. Like I, um, do I need to go on a team or do I just, can I just do it on my own? You don't have to go on a team necessarily. I mean, if you work better in a team, go ahead, go, go on a team. I, I never worked in a team with, with men. He was my mentor and I felt like we did have a team because we had each other to ask for advice or sure. suggestions. And we still do to this day. Um, we still reach out to each other. Well, he's that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he is. He's approachable. He is. I know him. He I is, mean, he's yeah. an approachable person. He's not uh, condescending or, or cocky. He's a very, uh, he helps his people uh, as far as training, uh, right? He does. Um, he helps everyone. He makes... He helps you feel confident as well. Sure. When I um, when I started, I was shy, and men definitely got me out of my show. Good. He had me practice speaking, and even with the photo shoots, like I feel like he does help the new agents. So definitely, that's one thing I I would suggest to new agents: if you have the opportunity to get a mentor, get a mentor. Okay. You know, it, how long is it going to take a new agent to to make like? You, know, you get in in this market right now. Is it going to be a year or two? Do you think for an agent to see real money right now, or um, you just get lucky? Um, no, I don't think it would take a year or two. It's not, even though interest rate is high, it's not a bad market. Okay, you still have the opportunity to make make a good amount of deals in the year. Yeah, see, she's not hiding, and this is what I'm talking about of why we have her on tonight because she's not hiding from the market. She's attacking, right? She's saying it's not a bad market. There's still deals being done. Go on her social media. She's not lying. There's still deals being done. Yeah. You know, she's still posting closings as of this week that are popping up. So it's still happening. It's just, do you want to go out there and get it? Or do you want to just sit and say, oh, well, the interest rates are 8% and eight and a half and oh, this market stinks and I don't want to do anything. Yeah. Right. Uh, you got to, you got to, just keep going. It's still out there. Just keep going. Um, if there's something that's stopping your client from closing, just try to find a way to make it work. There's And if your client needs more funds, there's plenty of funds out here for yeah. closing as well. All right, so let's give some shout-outs to some of the vendors that you use. Who Who is a person like you who consistently closes lots of deals, right? So we're not talking about one deal a month. We're talking lots. So she uses a lot of people, right? So... She uh, uses, and I'm not talking about loan officers. I don't want to. I don't want to go there. Loan officers. Let's just let's, let's, let's pass on that subject, right? Let's go to you know title companies and maybe inspectors and, and insurance companies and things like that. Do you have a, a, a close group of people that you use? I do. Okay. Um, for home inspections, I use Chris Chris Eslinger. Okay. What company is he? What do you know or no? He's um, he's by himself. Okay. His company is called Inspect All Homes. He's very affordable with my clients. Um, he sits there. He walks through the whole process and explains everything to my clients. He's able to t- sometimes he gives them suggestions on how to repair certain things. Awesome. Um, and if we have a question later on, if we need him to go back and do a final inspection before we close, he he's, he's very flexible. He's on. Okay, yep. cool. So that's my inspector guy. Awesome. Um, 
Title. So you see these people, they have circles. Yeah, I do. Right? They don't just throw them out and say, oh, well, there's a, no, no. They, she knows who she's going to, and that's what you need to do. You need to have a team of people that you can trust to get you to closing. She can talk to these people off the books, on the books, whatever. So keep going. My second, if he's not available, I use um, Eagle. Okay. I know Eagle. Eagle Inspection. Well, who's the guy there again uh, with Eagle? Um, well, there's a couple. They yeah, there's one of them. Eric, Eric, them. Eric Shardinger, I think, is with, with Eagle. Eric, and there's another one. I don't know if his name was Joe. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. But that that's my second okay. go-to for home inspections. Okay. Title company, I always use City Abstract. City Abstract. Rachel, there it is. Rachel's my girl. Okay. Her girls in the office are amazing. Awesome. Um, Melissa. I know Greg Rego very well. Uh, you know, he run, he's the owner, or part owner, anyway. For of, City, of City Abstract. Abstract. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also help funding. Um, last year we did, uh, was it the health fair for G Pass, and they donated money to the health um, to G Pass for the health fair. How much uh, of your success do you think is from these types of companies like this title, like City Abstract? Like, are they a big part of your success? They are um, because they make the closing process so easy for my clients and for myself. Okay. So we're able to close. Um, I've tried closing in the beginning. <clears throat> I feel like in the beginning, you're kind of forming your circle on who right, you work with. Right, who you can trust. So if I work with a title company and I didn't like how it came out or it's yeah. also the way the workers communicated with you, if sure. that's, that's not working out, especially communication, it's a big factor. Yeah. You're not going to want to work with them again. Right. Versus with City Abstract, they're on top of everything. My settlement notices go out before I even ask for it. So the girls are on top of everything. They're on their game. Yeah. No doubt. They run a tight ship over there. I know they do. Um, I've dealt with them. Like I said, I know the owner very well. I know Christian, too. Is a, I mean, they're they're good people. So um, that's good. How about homeowner's insurance? Homeowner's insurance. Um, I, I have a couple of people I use, but I try to let the clients, um, they usually like to use whoever they're Auto insurances. Okay. okay. So they bundle it together. They bundle it because they get a cheaper rate. Um, for now, I think I've been using Allstate a okay. lot. You know, I mean, with homeowners insurance right now, guys, you have to shop around, yeah. right? These rates are coming in really high and they're killing deals. Uh, you know, the, the homeowners insurance rates used to be, you know, twelve, thirteen hundred a year. Now I'm looking at fifteen, eighteen, and two thousand a year yeah. in homeowners insurance, if not higher. A lot of them are over two thousand a year, yeah. and that throws their debt to income ratios up, which which throws the payment up. Yep. And I think it gives people cold feet then. It does. I mean, then the higher your mortgage, insur- your homeowner's insurance, it's going to increase your mortgage as well. Yeah. And clients will ask, like, well, why was my mortgage going to be this amount, and now it's this amount? The homeowner's insurance plays Sorry, a big... Sorry, I tell them to shop around. And a lot of times you should tell them as soon as you go under contract because it gives them time to shop around where they're not doing it last minute and yeah. rushing right. to whatever they find. Okay, okay. All right, so I got a good one for you, right? Because we, we do our research at the at Tabernate Talks. We know what's going on on the street. We see what these realtors are doing. That's why we have them on every week because we we, <laughs> we research, you know, their their taglines and their... And they're they're the ways of of uh, what they do. So so you say you're a matchmaker, right? But <laughs> <laughs> she already knows where I'm going. This is funny, right? So <laughs> you say you're a matchmaker, right? But not a salesperson, right? So so which is great. I love the tagline. Awesome. 
But what is the difference, right? What's the difference between being a matchmaker and not a salesperson? Because that is a difference. I don't want to just sell you a home. I want you to fall in love there with the home. There you go. Right. <laughs> that, that, that wasn't staged either. That was uh, came right off the top of her head. Um, salesy people, right? So in, in real estate, um, I, I'm sure people know right away if you're coming off as a salesperson versus being an actual person that cares. Yeah. Right. And uh, that doesn't work. It doesn't. Um, clients know right away. I don't. I don't want to push my clients into making a decision. And I've had clients who are like, "Well, they they'll look at houses for like six months, and then one weekend we'll go out, and they're like, oh, 'Oh, I'll just put an offer in this house.' And you can tell when the first person is just they feel frustrated, and this is not really the house they love. Yeah. So, I'll take a step back and be like, "Do you really want this house?" Yeah. And they're like, I don't know. I just feel frustrated. So, like, I knew right away this is why they just wanted to put an right, offer. And I'm right. like, why don't we take a break? If this is not really the house that you love, let's take a break and go back look at their house. That's good. You should do that. Yeah. And because I mean, if you push them too much, then you're going to lose them. And then they, they regret it. They get, what is it, homeowner's remorse? Right. They get homeowner's remorse. And it doesn't look And then when they do come back into the agent. market, they don't call you. No, they won't. Right, they go to another realtor. I, I mean, I had a client who bought a home, sold the home, bought another one with me. And I was surprised that she called me back for each one. But obviously, I did a great job each time I worked with her. That's great. And I've only been an agent for going on four years now. And how much of your business is repeat business, do you think, percentage-wise? The majority is repeated um, business. Like, my clients if. Once they buy a house, if they're going to sell that house, they'll call me back to sell it. So you're getting that deal. Yeah. Or you're getting somebody in their family. I've definitely gotten a lot of family. Like and I, friends and all that. I feel like I know, I know a lot of my right. clients' families. Right. The mom, the brothers, the sisters. Yeah. Do, you, do they have housewarming parties and stuff like that? Do yeah, you get invited they do. To, or? I get invited to the housewarming parties. There you go. There you go. Right. So how come I can't come on into these parties? <laughs> you know, I don't get invited to anything, right? I'm just, thanks, Alex. Great. Have a nice life. On to the next deal. You know, but that's awesome. That means they liked you. Yeah. Um, okay. So, you know, the, I, I think it, if you don't treat people good, and I think there's unfortunately a lot of uh, realtors and loan officers that are very transactional, they do only care about getting to the next deal. And if you do only, uh, if you do that, you'll lose that those people wanting to come back to you once they do actually sell, like you said, or buy a second home yeah. and investment property. I'm sure you get a lot of investment buyers too. Yeah. yeah you I did do. them and now they want to buy an investment. Yep. You know, those uh, are a lot of the repeated clients. Um, the investors, once you do a good job with one investment property, just keep mm -hmm. going from there. Yeah. So I got a big one right now. Uh, it, it's this one's just off the top of my head from what I've sold today and what I'm seeing every day. Communication. So communication right now seems like it's at an all-time low. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, we're not, uh, you know, you send a text message to it, whether it be a loan officer, a realtor, the title company, uh, the client, uh, you know, a lot of people not responding. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, people going ghost. Uh, you know, if you're buying a house, you got to respond that day, yeah. right? And more likely you should respond within an hour. You know, maybe not even that day. You know, you got to, you're buying a house is the biggest thing that you're doing in your, in your life, right? So one of your biggest purchases of your life, right? So do you see it? 
people just, it, it doesn't seem like it, like people will sign a contract and then they're not responding, right? To get the paperwork to me or to you to get the deal closed. Yeah. Right? Or you can't get a hold of anybody at, at a, uh, let's say at a, at a title company, or you can't get a hold of, you know, the loan officer, or I can't get a hold of you. A lot of realtors not picking up their phones and not responding. To t- I think there's a big communication issue. I don't know if you're seeing that. Um, yeah, but and that's when I become a stalker. Right. <laughs> if you don't answer your phone, I'm going to text you. I'm going to email you. You're going to blow them up. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's the honest truth. And you get them then. Yeah, you do. You do get them. Um, I mean, with everybody, other agents, uh, the loan officers, the clients, their self. So that's uh, another thing why I feel like it's good to create a bond with your clients because you know their schedule. Sometimes they might be away for that week, and that's why they're not answering the phone, or right. they're at work, so they won't answer you. Or they got it. They got it. Work they shouldn't go on vacation the weekend after they signed a contract. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> but I, I just had to throw that out there. Sometimes it's just planned already. Yeah, right, so. right. Sometimes it's just planned, it and then mm-hmm. they let you know, you know. But a lot of people go on vacation and not letting you know, mm-hmm. you know, like they'll sign the contract and then they'll just say, "Oh, by the way, I was going on vacation too." At the same time, that hurts. Um, I had one that switched jobs this week, the week of closing. Oh, that hurts. Right. So, <laughs> so tell me, do you, do you, your loan officer should be telling them don't switch jobs while they're buying a home, right? Yeah. But are you coming in, you're on your own spin to your clients up front and saying, listen, don't buy anything, don't buy a home, or are you reiterating that? I do. Um, I reiterate, um, I repeat everything. I told them not to switch jobs. I tell them. Not to pull up with a new car. <laughs> Which they do anyway. I had yeah. one client do that. <laughs> I had one That's client buy, buy a car after we were working like six did months. Did that kill the deal, the deal? Or? Yeah, it did. It killed the deal. It killed the deal, yeah. That's terrible. After working, we went under contract and we we're trying to close for like six months. And she bought a car. So we weren't able to close. See what I mean? If you buy a car, you got to let your loan officer know, right? You got to let your realtor know. Because it could kill the deal. And that deal that you worked on so hard to get, you beat out 20 bids to get it. Yep. Now you're not closing. You know, you can't just take the car back either. You know, you signed a contract to keep the car. Yeah. So you're pretty much going to be living in it, you know, from, from there on in because that's your new house. You know, I call it a house on wheels, you know, because that's basically what it would be uh, if, it, if it kills the deal. So, all right, so um, let's keep going. So we, uh, there's... Predictions that I ask every week from every uh, person that I meet with on what they think is going to happen. What's the crystal ball um, for 2024? You know, I, I don't, where are we heading? Um, um, you know, every week I get a different answer. Um, it pretty much seems to be an optimistic answer, all right? Everybody seems a little bit, uh, oh, well, it's going to get better. But, you know, give me the truth deep down. I think you know, 2024 is going to be a great year. Um, interest rate went a little high around this time but i think next year it's going to go down we're going to have more clients pre-approved and clients that have been working throughout 2023 to Mm -hmm. get pre-approved 2024 is going to be their year to buy a house and there's a huge backlog of people right that are approved yeah and haven't been able to buy a house yeah there's people there's i mean there's clients that want to take a break because of the interest rate being so high and then once they go down they're going to purchase in 2024. And I believe interest rates going down 2024. 
Yeah, and what, what do you think the interest rates are going to go down to in 2024? What, what's, um, what's that number? I want to say five. Five. Five percent would be huge. We would go crazy I, at five percent. Okay. Okay. Inventory though then goes way down again. Yeah, and then even you though have it's a, not only it's bad now. Then you have bidding wars. That's going to be. That's what I'm worse. telling my clients now that don't want to buy eight percent. Right. Don't don't get into it. Right. And I think the newer realtors and the new loan officers that just got licensed, they're on the edge of a boom here. They don't even know it. You know, you you guys that are just getting in the business, you're on the edge of a boom. What I mean by that is because I've been through this in 2008 and 2001, you know, you're, you're at a real lull, right? Everything is like, you think the world's going to come to an end. And then you're like, ah, oh, maybe I should get out of the business or maybe I shouldn't get licensed. All my friends are saying that real estate's not good right now and mortgages are not good. But, you know, you get in at that time right before the boom because you know it's coming. Because yeah. every realtor that I ask every week gives me a prediction that we're in for a big 2024 coming up, that these rates are going to come down and things are going to get crazy again. And you want to be on the edge of that. Yeah. So I think as you see more realtors and loan officers get out, because they're jumping out now, the people that are getting in at the worst market or the people like you that are staying in the worst market are going to see reap the rewards. Right? So you've seen a lot get out? Um, yeah, I have. Um I don't know where I read it, but there was, I think his party always give you like an update and send you newsletters. But a lot of people, what do you call it, hung their license or they? They're they're not they're no longer uh, yeah, renew they, renew their license. They don't renew their license or they just stop for some time. Like they, I guess it's not this is not their year. Well, how expensive is it to be a realtor right now? Right, I mean you got to think about the fees. There there are a lot of fees. You got to think about the gas. You drive around. You know, your lunches. Your your you know, so wine you, and dine the clients. You have to put out money before you make the money. Right. So did you say spend money to make money? Did you say that? Yeah. I like that. I <laughs> see what I mean. That's. <laughs> but it's an investment. It's an investment. You got to spend money to make money. Yeah. Right. You're just not going to go out and close 15 deals and not put a dollar out. What kind of co-marketing are you doing? Are you doing? Zillow and stuff like that right now? Or are you doing Realtor.com? No, you- I, I don't do I don't do Zillow or Realtor.com. That's great. I I just co-host the first-time home buyer classes. Okay. Um, I attend events. I mail out advertising advertisements, um, like the Eagles calendar. Okay. Uh, yearly calendars. Those calendars work. Yeah. They do. They remind my clients I'm their agent. Right. <laughs> and I tell them, once I'm your agent, right. you're stuck with me forever. You know, I had a loan officer, and I didn't do it because I was, I don't know what I was doing, but he used to send the calendars out religiously, uh, the Phillies, the Eagles, and the Flyers. Yeah. They got a lot of business from that. A lot. Because people like that. They put it on their refrigerator, and you think it's cheesy. You're like, oh, if calendars are going to throw but it out. They keep They're not going to throw them out. Yeah, they're going to no, put they them on the it. refrigerator, and then when they have to buy something, they're going to use them, right? And they're going to call you and say, hey, your, his name's on the refrigerator. I, my son wants to refi. Yeah. My brother wants to buy a house. My, it's not always them. It's somebody in their family or their friends or somebody or coworker or whatever, and they see you, and then they just give them your name. Yeah, family will come over. They see you on the refrigerator. So. Right. <laughs> oh, that's right, Alex. You're a loan officer. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I was, we were thinking of buying a house. All off of these calendars. So that's a big marketing tactic that I don't think a lot of people are using anymore. 
they got a little cheap and they think they're a little cheesy, but they're not. I think a lot of people are going more towards the the Zillow Realtor.com. Well, they want immediate leads. Yeah. You know what I mean? They want that bang for the buck right off the bat, but I don't think there's anything there right now. But uh, um, a lot of those leads are not qualified leads either. No. Right. They're not good leads. Yeah. Which, you know, if you're putting out thousands of dollars every month in advertising, you want to see it convert. You want to see it work, you know. Um, and people don't have the money to put that, that they don't have the money to advertise in, in that fashion because I don't think they're seeing those immediate deals anymore. So I think Zillow is going to be on its way out, right? Zillow has their own mortgage company. They are the devil to us, right? We don't like Zillow. Um, <laughs> we, we <laughs> right? But, but it's, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, they got a big market share of real estate. And, and so let them do what they're going to do. What about Redfin? Redfin. So uh, I've heard things about Redfin recently that they're, um, what's going on over there? You tell me. I don't know. I didn't even know. Um, it looks like they have their own real estate agents and like you have to call them to speak to the agent. I'm not a big fan of it. See, I like this inside <laughs> stuff, right? This is the inside stuff that I, that I, why I brought you on. So yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they're like uh, referral agents, I guess, right? Yeah, is that referral what it is? agent. Then you call the office and you have to wait for someone to yeah. get back to you or approve your showing. Yeah. I've been asking this and, and I'll close out with it. Is that you, um, you've seen this buyer commission thing, all right? I'm being asked a lot about it and I'm not even a realtor. Yeah. Right? So what's going on with this buyer commission thing? Like the buyer has to pay where they're trying to pass these lawsuits from NAR that the buyer has to pay the buyer's agent's commission directly, that the listing agent or the seller, or I guess the seller, no longer has to pay both commissions, okay? um, which is endangering possible uh, buyer's agents or basically scaring them that they could be out of business. It, is I that, am I on is. the right track or no? So, yeah, you are on the right track. Um, I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not a, a big fan of the buyers having to pay the their percentage of the commission. I feel like a lot of clients are not gonna be able to afford to pay their closing costs and commission at the same time. Okay. I think So what happens then, I guess, like where if they can't afford to pay the buyer's commission, we you run into a situation of, you know, then will they even be able to buy a house? Because I guess they may not have enough money. A lot of clients are not gonna be able to buy a house if they have to pay the commission as well. Right. So I feel like there's going to be a decrease in buyers if they pass this law that they want to pass. Right, which I think could hurt. I think it will hurt the market, actually. Um, I don't know who came up with this suggestion. But right. <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. May, who, I mean, maybe it was a sub. Uh, you know what it is? Somebody got upset and, uh, you know, they, they must have pressed it to say, you know, why – why am I paying the buyer's agent when they're not doing anything for me? Yeah. The seller, right? I mean, I've had clients tell me that too when um, I'm I'm listing their homes for sale and, you know, I'll list it with the 5% commission and then at closing, they're like, well, why are you why are you paying the buyer's agent the 2.5%? I'm like, because they found me the buyer. They're like, oh, but you did all the work. I'm like, well, we both did all the work. Right. So you got to tell them. Yeah. So, um What's going on? It might be the sellers not actually understanding that it takes both of us to close this deal to get this household. It's true because they're bringing the buyer. Yeah. And you're keeping it together by, you know, doing the seller's part and getting it to closing. 
If by luck I get the buyer, that's great. I keep the whole commission. The whole but if someone else is bringing me the buyer, that's great as well. We're right. closing a deal. You don't care either way. No, I don't care either right. way. Right, right. So that's the kind of that's the kind of things that we like here, right? If it doesn't matter, right? So some people looking too much into this. Yeah. Right. They, they get. They yeah, get I crazy. know some people get upset and they. They look too much into it. They get very. <laughs> Yeah, emotional like, about yeah, it. Yeah, emotional, right? right? And I think if you can't worry. You just do your job. Go, see, this is the thing. People get so wrapped up with, oh, you know, this is going on and that's going on and then the rates are on there. You just got to put your blinders on and do your job. Yeah. That's it. Don't worry about what's going on. Just do your job and keep going. And you that block that stuff out. If I cared about what happened in 2008 because the Lehman Brothers went out of business because of you know, they did all bad loans and subprime. I would have been in the business 10 years, 15 years ago. I mean, they just put your blinders on and you keep going. You know, and that's why you're, I'm here 15 years later. I mean, that's what it's about, you know. So so what's going on in, in 2024? Did we get a team? Do you build a team under you? For, uh, does Stephanie stay solo? Does she become <laughs> uh, a, a, another force maybe? Well, who knows? You know, I mean, what's the goal? I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I put her on the spot here. I mean, she can say, <laughs> I mean, isn't this every agent's dream, right? To, to have to, a team. To build to a certain status. And then, you know, and then they, they get the team and, you know, they start to mentor and I guess all that other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think everyone wants to build on it. Um, building on my real estate career, I've actually thought of opening a real estate school more than becoming a broker. I did. At first, I thought that was my ultimate goal. Like, I want to be a real estate agent, then I want to become a broker. But there's a lot more behind being a broker. And it involves more more laws, regulation, insurances. A lot more stress. Yeah. It just seems more stressful. And Sometimes it's not worth being the big boss. No. I mean, not for me. <laughs> I don't think it is. I, I hear you. I hear I, you. I don't feel like I'm, even as an agent, like a lot of people say, well, it's a stressful job, but yeah, there's times when it becomes a little stressful, but I don't, I don't feel stressed out okay. about it. And I think as a broker, I'll, I'll probably be stressed out. <laughs> right. So maybe a couple people, just a mentor under you. I yeah. Mean, you could do that. I could do maybe like a mentorship, open a school and help other people get their real estate license. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, that's what we don't have. I don't, not that we don't have people helping people in this business because I've ran into a lot of people that are really nice that help people. But I think once you get to a certain volume, you don't want to be bothered. You know, you start to get more jaded in your own ways and you just want to do your own business and you want to close your own deals and you, you don't want to deal with having the, the problems of, of, a, of a team or problems of being the broker or all that. Yeah. You know? um, but I think you can't do this forever, go 100 miles an hour like me and you do. Yeah. Right? One day we're going to crash. Yeah. Right? It's coming a lot sooner for me than you. Because, <laughs> yeah, but it is going to happen and you're going to get tired. Right? And then you're going to say, okay, well, who can I lean on to continue my business for me? Yeah. You have to invest the business you have now where it's business that's going to keep going without us going 100 miles per hour. Right. Right. Because it is 100 miles per hour. Do you agree or? I'm that's sure. How, that's how we feel. Yeah. <laughs> Having an assistant, can you get an assistant? Is it? Do you need one of those yet? Like, when, when do you when do you say that I'm gonna get an assistant now? That's a tough one. Uh, honestly, this year has really um, 
made me think of getting an assistant. Okay. And um, I tried to show someone, but it wasn't working out. So yeah. I feel like they have to have a real estate background. And there's certain stuff. So I have a I have a 14-year-old daughter. So there's certain well, things you can that, always trust that I can daughter, have her. I right? train her. <laughs> I train her and have her do. Does she want to do it? No. She tells me she doesn't want to be a real estate agent. Yeah. My, my kids <laughs> say the same. They're like, that'll never be a loan officer. I don't know how you do that. And no, I'm not taking over your business. I said, even if I handed you, let's say a $20 million a year business, 20 million, which is crazy numbers, right? You wouldn't want to take it? No. I don't want anything to do with real estate. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I don't understand it. Is it that bad? Uh, you know, I don't know. You know from, from the kids' eyes, I guess they from see their what point we of do. view, they think it's horrible. Right, right. Or when she tags along with me to go look at houses, she's like, "Oh, one more." I'm like, "Yeah, just one more room." Yeah, up. right. <laughs> How much business do you should you be doing before you get an assistant? Um, I think if you're closing at least three deals or more a month, a month, it's time for. An assistant. an assistant, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what has helped me? I think not. I guess not really needed an assistant at the moment. It's the team you work with, like the title company. Okay. Um, that's why I said I love closing my deals with City Abstract because the girls are on top of everything, which helps me. Do a you lot. use a transaction coordinator or no? That you're like a coach. no, no. Okay. Mm -mm. I've done most. I've you done do it on your own. Yeah. That's great. A lot of people ask me, well, send me your conveyancer. I'm, I am, I'm my uh, own conveyancer. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's great. And I think it's because I'm so particular, like I like to make sure that everything's done, that even if I had a conveyancer, I'd probably be behind her. Right. <laughs> doing sure her she work did for what her. she was doing. You're a control freak. Yeah. That's what happens, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, that's the truth. In real estate, I'm the same way. Like, I want to do everything on my own. That's a problem. It would drive me crazy. Like, was it done? I don't know if it was done. So. Right. And it's your name on the line. Yeah. It's your reputation. If the deal goes bad or the client doesn't want to work with you anymore, then it's reflective on you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, um, well, we got a lot of information here. Let me tell you, uh, Stephanie is one that I think you really need to talk to. Okay. It's, it's a, she's genuine. Uh, she's a, you know, you could tell that she's not sales. She's not in it for just a, another deal. You know, she's got a lot of reviews. If you check her out on online, um, her name is known, right? Her reputation on the street is good as, as hardworking. Um, so I, I think that if you could find a realtor like this in the Philly market or even outside of the Philly market, but I think her primary goal is the Northeast and in and, and that area, you've got to go with someone who's local, right? I always, I pitch local every week. People are starting to get sick of it. And because they say, well, as you talk about is being with a local lender and a local realtor and, you know, you got to go local, right? Because you end up with a person like her or like me who know the area, who you can trust to yeah. get the deal done or at least, uh, you know, uh, keep your people happy. So, um, so I, I appreciate you being on too. I think you did a great job. And Thank you. I think you got to keep rolling and. You know, who knows? Maybe I'll go on her show next. You know, you, you never know down the road. You know, so <laughs> I, uh, I'm excited. Listen, every Wednesday, 9 a.m., you got to tune in, right? You got to subscribe because that's the only way you can watch these shows. So please check us out. Uh, you know, tell your friends and family to subscribe and uh, look for our uh, show coming up this week. And uh, I'll see you next week. Thank you again. Thank you for having me.